Hello, this is Pam Electric Ghost. We have uh, Sigrid Trigger on the line. That's correct. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? I'm doing very well. I've been uh, doing all kinds of recording, and that's what we typically do. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have fun in our studio, and we like to interview indie artists from around the world. And so we we um, I appreciate you coming on with a Flower of Life Artworks. And we're, no, I appreciate you guys having me. Well, it's cool because we think, um, you know, we started doing this podcast to kind of shine the light on, you know, independent creative people from multiple art forms. And um, yeah. you're, you're the second artist we've had to come on. And we've talked to actors and producers and all types of folks. So we're glad to have you on. Thank you. So you're a, you're an influencer, an artist, and a small business owner. Your business is an Etsy shop, Flower of Life Artworks. And we had actually yeah. done a, like a blogger on our GoDaddy blogger page that kind of talked about each piece that you sent us. But yeah. usually when, when I talk to artists, I kind of go back a little bit and say, like, how did you get into um, the type of art that you're doing? Like, what's the story behind your um or what you're doing today with your art okay so a bit about that um it was started out as grief actually um I didn't really know how to uh explain my emotions I'm really bad at that um and someone had died near close to me and a bunch of other stuff was going on abuse and all that and it was just getting so bottled up and so I used to sketch and nine years of that and I was still terrible I can't sketch to save my life don't ask me I will point you into the direction of another artist I know plenty of sketchers that are amazing I will point you to one of them. They need that commission more than me. <laughs> um, and so I decided to pick up what I thought I needed for painting. I knew nothing of it. I still know nothing of it. Do not let my art phase trick you. I picked up basic colors, brushes, an easel, and canvas. And by basic, I mean red, blue, black, white, yellow. <laughs> well, I think a lot of artists... All of my <laughs> colors. <laughs> well, a lot of artists that kind of, you know, don't like to um, give themselves a lot of credit sometimes. You know, I've talked to musicians that, you know, have a hard time praising their own work. I think that's kind of the nature of some artists. You know, you just have a hard time doing that. But when I look at, like, Swallow by the River, I mean, that's, that's like, I love it. I, I think... You that know, was my first piece ever yeah it's it, it has like has a character to it. it has a feel i mean i love birds i i had mm -hmm. a couple of parakeets and some other and um, as you see i still do birds yeah yeah birds have always been i actually like birds more you know a lot of people are dog people or cat people but i'm, I'm a kind yeah. of a bird person and so <laughs> I, I have an affinity for birds and i like your capturing of of, of, of the swallow i i think that's beautiful yeah and so I just got that and I just, I mixed some colors and I put the brush to the paint and then to the canvas and 
swallow by the river happened. So, so you kind of a self. So you were kind of a self-taught artist. You just kind of feel you felt you take your feelings and you put it into your work, right? Yes. I think that's the kind of what I felt, and (laughs) I made it happen. I think that's the purest. Like when I talk to a lot of musicians, it's the same thing. There are a lot of musicians that are self-taught. They can't read. You know, they didn't Mm -hmm. go to a conservatory, but they got something. And it's like their their take on their instrument might not be technically perfect, but they can convey an emotion. And I think, you know, when I've talked to actors, it's the same way. You know, some actors went to, to school for it and some actors just seem to have natural talent. Yeah. So it feels like but, that you, you you're kind of pulling your natural capability, and you found a, a way to get it out as an artist. Yeah. <laughs> For and me, so it what... has to be emotion. It, otherwise, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So you have to it's feel something right. before you do a piece. You're kind of feeling um, some emotion that you're trying to convey or, or trying yeah. to get out. So the swallow, you, you said it was because um, it was something to do with your grandmother's um, home nurse that was talking yeah, about um, her son? Her, her, yeah, my home nurse, my grandma's home nurse son was in the hospital and they were unsure whether she, he was going to make it or not. He ended up passing away a few years later, but at the time, um, swallows are known to carry grief and watch over loved ones. Okay, so that was the emotion behind it. So yeah. that's, that's that's interesting. And then um like your second piece Unchained again has a bird. Or two mm-hmm. birds. <laughs> so maybe that's you can talk, Unchained? Talk to, yeah, Unchained. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going through the ones you sent me and the ones I put up on the blog. <laughs> yeah. Um Unchained. That was me and my best friend. Um I didn't pick specific birds for that one. Um, but I picked, um, that one, as you can see, holds a lot of different colors in the background than most of my pieces. Yeah, it's kind of a... With a rave emotions, I felt, because we had gone through a lot recently, emotionally, and I wanted to, like, just spill all of those emotions out and for him to feel them, because like we've been through a lot and we've survived it we can survive this and it's like there's two different keys in each other's locks like maybe we're given keys to help each other and not help ourselves to escape from our problems because the the birds have like are flying um, near some shackles that are kind of broken yeah, and it's like, in the end, we've helped each other break away from our problems. Now, and that's how it's always been for each other. So in we've obtained ourselves. The type of um, paint, what are, are you doing? Like oils or watercolors or pastel? Acrylic. Acrylic. Is that yeah. your primary form is acrylic? Yes. What made you choose that? You just like the way it worked or you found a way to, to get the colors right? Um, that was the one I first started with because I was told it was the easiest to cover up mistakes. 
and then <laughs> as I practiced up more, I was able to figure out uh, colors, um, mixing color um, blending on the canvas, and then mediums. Once you start using the mediums, um, everything changes. Um, and that's what you use when you get to like um, heavy body acrylics and all that. So what kind and of can so what kind of canvas do you, what kind of canvases do you use for acrylic? What do you what do you how, right what now do you, I use duck cotton stretched. Um, it's a very uh, low acidity cotton, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure any artist listening <laughs> would know what I'm talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it's uh, it's a cotton canvas. Um, I would love to eventually use linen canvas, but that is too damn expensive. <laughs> what would be the benefit of that? Did it bring something else out? Um, it's a finer quality, and I like to put quality above all else in my um, products. So if I could put quality into it, that would be perfect. It's like, just like, eventually I want to be able to stretch my canvas. Um, one day, um, because then I can guarantee the quality of what I'm giving my customer. Do you ever kind of go big and do murals or you stay within like this certain form here? Um, I've never done murals before. It's something I want to, um, like branch out and try at least once to see if it's something up my alley. Um, I am like expanding and doing bigger and bigger pieces slowly so that's slowly becoming something so what do you think yeah that's interesting because yeah because of all the things going on today with a lot of art kind of you know getting intertwined with politics and people wanting to kind of show their work to the world on a piece called enough is enough so Hmm. so what do you what what are your thoughts on like digital art? Are you are you primarily like more of a like a hands on kind of? I'm old... very hands on. Plus, technology and technology and me don't get along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you're uh, more you like the kind of intimacy of actually having the yes. and and being able to mix and have the, yeah. the feel. Yeah, I like to feel the brush in my hand and get the paint on me. It's kind of like why I wear overall so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my uniform in a way. Well, I think it's a good way to connect. It's kind of like like if you talk to a person that's a pianist or organist or somebody who plays mm-hmm. like a, a, a like an instrument, like a violin or like, you know, versus somebody who goes into like Pro Tools or like a digital audio workstation and is on a grid writing music versus some a musician that's actually playing a physical instrument. There's something mm-hmm. about that interaction with with a violin or a real piano or an organ yeah. that's that's like it's more connected. You feel more organic. Like you feel like you're really zoning in on something. That's that's why I, I've talked to artists and, and there's a big debate in art and music like, well, you know, are producers musicians? Or, 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 you know, or, or is it really like a musician that has to play an instrument? Yeah. <laughs> but it seems I guess like a, it would be a different feel, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just different ways of doing it. There's some people that can create very, you know, cohesive art with computers mm-hmm. and some people that feel like, you know, I, I'd rather use a brush or I'd rather use a, a physical instrument to, to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. So, yeah, so Blossom's Lost. So this is, you said you did this when you started um, uh, making your Facebook page? Yeah, I had made my Facebook page and um, everyone was getting real bored. I had just gotten back to my hometown, well, second hometown to me, Las Vegas. Um, And it's like, you know what, let's do a community event that's still social distancing in a way, Mm -hmm. art at the park. So I started doing that on my Facebook page. That was a public event. And I had mostly parents with kids show up, like one or two of them, and some of my friends. And I'm there, and I'm just staring at my canvas. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what to do. I have artist block. Mm -hmm. Like, what do I do? I Finally, I get a background on there. And then I just turn around. I'm looking at the duck pond for like an half an hour, 45 minutes. Artist block still. And so I get out my, finally I get an idea. Um, Cause I'm seeing uh, flower petals going into the lake. It's like cherry blossoms, cherry blossoms go with the blue and the silver background. And so I'm practicing with my heavy body acrylics because I have no idea what I'm doing (laughs) with my life or my paint. (laughs) And so I start practicing with texture and with the paint, watering it down and all that. And I post it on my Facebook page. And next day, my one of my friends is like, are you selling your art? It's like, yeah, yeah, I am. Do you want so is it? That, is that when you started to think because your friend asked that you, you should actually start to sell it? Uh, the goal was to eventually sell it no matter what. But I that just kind of helped you never felt like <laughs> I was good enough. But how did it feel when somebody asked if you were actually selling it? Did that make you feel like you were hitting the right mark? Uh, I felt shocked. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, are you just doing this to be nice? Yeah. It, 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 was, it was just weird. It, it was just really weird, but happy at the same time. I think it's always like when every artist is actually at that point where suddenly they're able to actually take a piece of art and then somebody monetarily wants to value it, you know, with like, you know, musicians and people who get plays or movies and suddenly yeah. they can get my, yeah. traction. <laughs> my biggest moment of that was when uh, I finally moved out here to Detroit a few weeks ago and someone on Etsy, a complete stranger, because my first few sales have been to friends, a complete stranger bought a piece of art it's yeah, like that's, that's when you wait, really start what? feeling good 
that that is when I hit the mark. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always like you know when when you finally, you know, if you're a musician and you finally say, "Well, London or listen to my music," it's like wow, you know, and I'm I'm living in New Hampshire and somebody in London yeah. listening to my music, I'm like well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you could still be struggling on the money front, but the stranger just bought it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, well, I think all artists, we kind of all like are starving because the music industry only pays us like pennies or percentages of pennies. Yeah. <laughs> that, that as musicians, we only get from like gigs. And under COVID, mm-hmm. it's very difficult that we do other things like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you do what you need to do to get to keep on working on what you really want to work on mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah I think that's always been the rub is like you people I think artists always want to do what what they're you know, what motivates them the most whether that makes money or not it's kind of like if it happens it happens but most artists are going to keep on doing what they're doing and then you know it will it'll suddenly start to click with an audience somewhere somebody starts to recognize or see what you're doing and so you know actually pick up on it uh, yeah I, because the true meaning of the starving artist isn't the empty belly it's an empty soul oh that's interesting yeah i mean i think a lot of what artists do is represent the feelings that they have um mm-hmm. I, I think that's what you're always trying to convey is like i think a lot of artists have difficulty you know like musicians typically they can they can write in a song but they can't tell somebody what they put in the song it's easier for them to actually write the lyrics to a song than actually have the conversation yeah (laughs) so so it's actually sometimes as a musician i would like i'll write a song for somebody that i might not actually say that to that person but i'll put it in the song and instead give it to the whole world but it's actually was aimed at a particular person but I couldn't actually tell them directly, so I kind of put it in a song. <laughs> but yeah, and, me and the thing is like I'm getting my emotions out, but don't ask me to tell you what the emotions are, because <laughs> uh, I'm gonna clam up. <laughs> so you like, feel? Do you feel free when you're doing your art? Do you feel like you're freeing that 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 like emotional? Mm-hmm. Power? I feel like I am like. It's like pouring everything out and being replenished at the same time. Like, I'm not draining myself. I'm being lifted up and everything is being expelled at the same time. Yeah, it's It's kind of like a catharsis. I think it's like cathartic to do art. I think, you know, creative people take pain and turn it into something. Now, don't get me wrong. I... Occasionally, I will say, what the fuck am I doing with my life <laughs> in the middle of a project, maybe once or twice or five times in a row. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. It depends. Yeah, I think all artists kind of question, you know, what they're doing sometimes, you know, is this, you know, you, you work on something and you wonder if it's going to have an impact, you know, that you might be it, feeling. That the project the is also just stressful sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes you like to just flow, like like musicians. Sometimes we can just do improvisation, and other times we try to do a well crafted song, right? Mm-hmm. So, we, like, if you're trying to do a well crafted ballad, 
it's not exactly improvisational, right? Yeah. So you're actually trying to make a statement and everything actually means a lot. And so you're trying to craft it. And then other times you do things that are kind of off the cuff and it just happens. And then yeah. you're like, wow, that just happened. And I didn't really have to think about it. It was just like there. Mm-hmm. Do you find like, is, is, do you have to think too much or you don't try to think it? You just kind of let the muse take you? Um, there's been times where I don't think too much and times where I've overthought it. And that's where I have my WTF moments. <laughs> Um, and that's really when I'm trying to do skin tones. Because um, skin tones, I just overstress because mm-hmm. it's shading. It's like, okay, put, put, put the brush down or move on to a different section, one or the other. Yeah, I think that's always like I, I, a, lot of, a lot of artists I've talked to have felt like, like when they didn't overthink it, and it came out, they're like, that's really what I want. But if you have to sit and like you take six months, you keep you do like fifty versions of a song and you're the kind of way, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be doing this because I can't get it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? If mm-hmm. you keep having to go back to it and you can't feel you don't feel good about it, then it's like it's it, you rather spend time on something that took you that took less time and kind of came out like more of what you originally were feeling, like the honesty of the moment. Yeah. Like when, if you're an artist, like if you, cut, you have to take something and have to keep on recutting it, recutting it, recutting it, then it feels yeah. like, well, this, it's kind of like, are you not, you know, you're not even comfortable with it. So how is that going to work? <laughs> For me, that's the planning session because I use a lot of reference pictures since I use realism. Um. And so my reference picture, if it takes me more than a day, I scrap the plan usually. Mm-hmm. And then you but get the feel that it's, then, not, it's not going to work. I know it's just stressing me too much. It shouldn't take me more than five hours. And the five hours is because I've downloaded way too many pictures to go through. <laughs> yeah. It does make it kind of like override, you know, if you have to yeah. do yeah, it's like, you know, the, the once in a while you get something like a Bruce Springsteen Born to Run, took him like six months and has all yeah. these layers to it. But that's a case where it actually works. But there are cases where if you do that, then it doesn't, it gets, gets too overwrought. And mm-hmm. then you're like, that doesn't really work. And so for every like Born to Run, you've got all these other things lying on the floor that are like, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. You know, but um, so that enough is enough. I was looking at that one. Um, you, that one kind of is topical because it's talking about police brutality and discrimination. Maybe yeah. you can talk about that piece. Um, my best friend is black um, and he was going to those protests and I have seizures and I have mobility issues. I was forbade by five friends <laughs> to go to those protests. <laughs> despite really, really wanting to go. Uh, think of me as Steve Rogers before the serum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's my heart. I want to do something. I want to protect the people who don't have a voice. And that's what the p- 
police brutality movement is supposed to be about, not what some of it did become about. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the yeah. sad part. Some of it got turned around to other things. Yeah, I think um, it's always hard when things get like hijacked by other forces. That yeah, have it, it got hijacked. It was supposed to be about police brutality and the true racism that we see. And that's not just about black culture, it's about other cultures. And that's a, what Black Lives Matters was about to begin with, was not just their race, but all races. And I wanted to be there to protect my friend, but I couldn't because of the fact that it wasn't safe for me. And so I made enough is enough in support of that, in support of the protests and all of that. Um, That was a very hard time for me due to the fact that my mom and stepdad are on the opposite side. Oh. So yeah, yeah. And so when they saw that, it caused a huge fight at home and getting hit. But I wore that proudly (laughs) in that case. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because in the '60s, you know, that generation, their families didn't like the like the anti-Vietnam War protests were kind of like a lot of families got split on those kind of political lines because they're like, oh, you're just supposed to agree with that but not question mm-hmm. it and then he had a generation that's like well i'm going to question why we're doing things you know mm-hmm. and so i think this generation's kind of got that moment where they're going to question the structure and say is that actually right you know what's going yeah. on or you say so some people are more like well i'm just gonna i believe in law and order and that's it and there's like no gray area there's always like black and white it's like that's what it is and so it, it's yeah. always a problem when you get folks that have that kind of very narrow thinking because everything's more in the grays. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's like it's hardest. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware that there's a gray area, and that there, and it's like that's why there needs to be talking. Yeah, it's hard when people and go into their camp and just say, "What people do is talk." <laughs> We get some people that don't even want to have the conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes the problem. Like if, you, if you're just going to sit there and you can't even have the conversation, the conversation itself is radical. Then that is like yeah. where you're supposed to go from there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, as an artist, I, I totally, you know, I've been into political aspects. I mean, some of my music I kind of labeled as political electronic music, which it was a way to like a lot of uh, modern music is like electronic dance music or trance music. And, and, you know, I kind of grew up with the sixties kind of mentality of like a Dylan and, you know, in, in people acting on Joan Baez and Neil Young, they came out and they said things in, in music. And I felt like, okay, well, if you do just EDM, like, can't you say something? Can't you, it doesn't just have to be about the beat. You can actually say something. Um, and so that's why I decided that I would, have kind of this expansive sound that would allow me to do go anywhere, you know, that I don't have okay. to be just pigeonholed into one genre. I can do anything. I can mix punk with rock and jazz and hip hop and whatever. Uh, and I, this gives okay. you a, it gives you a wider palette <laughs> sonically. Um, 
So let me talk about the edge of beauty. Um, this was like your second um, piece, um, but you, you talk about how you maybe you undersold it. So maybe talk about that a little. Yeah, um, I sold it at $80 thinking it would cover uh, shipping costs. Um, turned out uh, when we went to go and sh look at shipping, um, it covered profit costs. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so that was my moment of learning. Okay, I'm underselling myself. Oh, so you and have to start figuring out the yeah. economics of what you need to do and like what are your actual, you know, costs. I needed to learn how to value myself. Yeah. As an artist. And that's when I learned that uh, artists that make things like paintings and sketches and all that really do damage to the art community by underselling. That was yeah. my first lesson with it and so now I sell higher and I don't break under a certain point I have a minimum cost now it's like mm -hmm. if you want below that go find someone else yeah I think artists have to get to the point where they feel comfortable you know value valuing the work they put in and actually getting you know being able to make make a back what you know more than what they put into it and some yeah. art forms it's kind of hard to judge that because you spend like six months doing a song well how much time can you charge for that it's mm -hmm. <laughs> a yeah. so musicians we've run into a problem where we can our equipment is so expensive and the time it yeah. takes and the production cost a lot of times we don't get back what we put into it yeah <laughs> um uh, but uh. but we do it because we love to do it and we find other ways to supplement it right now I'm in the process of getting easel different types of easels and all that and it's like I'm still in my investment period yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like oh god I'm still in red right now I'm not going to be making up for any of this <laughs> yeah it's difficult I'm, like, once you... <laughs> I'm, I'm getting stuff for like recording videos because I've noticed that helps with getting views and all that. It's like oh yeah, your social media. Like I, I noticed your Instagram and your yeah, Instagram. I've noticed that recording and doing videos has helped me so much. What, what do you like, think about like social media, like Instagram? Do you think I, I have found that when I talk to musicians and artists, Instagram seems to be like the platform of choice for creatives because of yeah. the ability to do like short video and 10 minute video. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's where I upload most of my videos too. Mm -hmm. um, have you found so. there's a good response on Instagram? Cause it seems like there's a lot of artists. On I Instagram. get a lot of views. I haven't gotten a lot of reactions or anything. Oh, so you get a lot of views, but you haven't got people to actually convert the views to actually actions. Yeah. So I'm still learning on that. Yeah, I found like things like, you know, Perlu. <laughs> you actually can get um, these new type of systems that that are out there for like influencers and stuff that uh, actually are better at converting. <laughs> it's not that you don't still use 
like Instagram where you, you use your Twitter or you use your Facebook or whatever you're on, but then you use another tool like a Perlu or Intellifluence or all these other ones that actually can get you people to actually, you know, work on a pitch. That seems, okay. That's what I found that it started, I started to convert. Because as a musician, like I started on SoundCloud and then I mm-hmm. got noticed and I actually got this podcast because people found me on SoundCloud. Um, okay. So, so sometimes you start somewhere where you're not making any money, but then it gets you to another platform where you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm on another platform right now that's similar to that. Um, they're helping me develop a better business pitch right now. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, I think in the, today's world, there's so many apps, there's so many tools, there's so many like uh, you know different influencer type of tool sets, uh, and then sites like Patreon type sites where you can get people to actually become, uh, you know, patrons. Mm-hmm. You know, the artists are always looking for that. <laughs> yeah, um, you're always looking to get yourself like somebody's always actually going to fund your 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 endeavor. Um, mm-hmm. So have you looked into like Patreon type of things? Uh, I've looked into it some. I don't know how to use it well. <laughs> it is somewhat uh, complicated. I I have I would just be honest. I have I I actually had a Patreon for the last three years, and I've never gotten anybody to really do anything on it. I, I actually have been more successful on other platforms, so I I can understand. <laughs> I just haven't gotten that to click. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been into Patreon a couple times and it's like, how the hell do I use you? There's some people just, and they, they get, they're able to get on it and they're able to get traction. I was like, I got on there and I did, I spent a bunch of time on it and I'm like, well, I never got any traction. And then yeah. I went and did something else and I did get traction. So once mm-hmm. they're like, okay, I'm going to go with what works. <laughs> yeah. So you like, if it doesn't, if it takes too long and it doesn't do anything, then I'm not. I'm going to put them down, but I maybe don't know how to use it. So it was like, yeah. okay, I tried, but I couldn't do it. So I, I can get that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so if I move to another piece, uh, Murdered by Love, um, this one you say was very emotionally painful, so maybe you could talk about that. Uh, yeah. Um, so I actually went through a breakup for a moment. We ended up back together. But at the time, uh, we broke up because we thought it was the best for each other. We come from two very different religions that would prevent us from being together at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, as in, we would never be able to get married or have kids type religion. And... So we were like, maybe we should end this now rather than later, because we were still very new to being in the relationship. And so it would hurt less if we ended it then. Because then there's good to in your in your write up, you talk about like you heard a breakup songs, but not breakup art. Yeah. And you say you didn't sleep and you relapsed hard. So it's interesting because you, you, that's like kind of a musician theme. And did you, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Do you tend to think of, of like music ideas in your art? 
in a way yeah um music used to be a big thing for me i used to want to be a songwriter <laughs> and an art and a singer um but yeah i ended up relapsing hard that same night um i didn't sleep for three days <laughs> um and i made that painting in that three days and mm -hmm. we got back together and i was up front with him that i had relapsed because i had promised myself beginning of the year because this year i wanted to get sober and singing that i would be honest every time i relapsed and he said that's what he was worried about and that we both we both felt stupid for breaking up and that we would figure it out our way to make it work despite our religion so so was there was that, that was the most painful painting i'd ever made and it was the one that sold two weeks two days in <laughs> to moving here thank god <laughs> oh. so was it because of the people around you and your family and your friends and, and within your circles that you felt that they were going to prevent it the relationship that it was like from these outside yourself that there were people in your life that weren't, weren't going to allow it our closeness to our own religion mm -hmm. we thought it would we would feel guilt oh okay so you about how you would feel yeah and we don't feel guilt we feel it's still right and so we believe we've made the right choice well, that's interesting. So you are able our to... connection to our god so so did the painting help you work through that or do you kind of life had you work through that and the painting is part of that I am so glad that the painting is finally sold and gone. I hid it from myself. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that painting. It reminded me of how much pain I was in in that yeah. moment because yeah. it caused a two-week relapse after that. That's interesting. So... So, uh, talking about the next po um, piece, the Forget Me Not, it's talking about you and your best friend got into a fight that was going to potentially yes. be the end of your friend. Is that a continuation of the previous theme or a different topic? Um, it's from the friend that I made enough for. Okay. Um, and Unchained, it, those three are all for the same person <laughs> or inspired by the same person. Um, he's been my best friend since 2014. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, ever since my seizures got really bad and my health went downhill, things have been tough for us. And then when I confronted him about my addiction, he promised to always be there because he's been through addiction as well. And so he promised that he would be there until the end and that he would get me 
he would help me see myself to the top, like help see me climb to the top. Um, so, this, so this person, they've really been there as a, a solid best friend for you. Yeah. And it seems like he had been pulling away. And so I confronted him. And he was making excuses and all that. And suddenly it felt like our friendship ended. And so I took my anger out on the painting. All those flowers have different meanings and all of that like anger, betrayal, um, and all of that, then the canary is meant to be like a small bit of hope left. The uh, stairs are meant to be lost. Uh, in an old place, abandoned. And the piano is old, untaken care of. So it all has meaning that goes together. Yeah, so it's kind of like these... um... And it's the hope of, please don't forget me before it's too late. Yeah, so it seems like the neglected piano is like a neglected... uh, Best friend. Yeah, best friend kind of represents that. That's interesting. And the birds that you like to have birds and flowers mm-hmm. is a continuing theme in your in your work. Yeah. So did this friend still like We're still you, friends. Are you still friends so you're able to work it out? Yeah, we worked it out. Um sadly it was worked out in a very tragic way. Um my health has been getting worse. And so much so the doctor has said that unless my seizures gain more control, um, he wouldn't give me more than 10 years. Oh, that's not not good news. And so I told him this and he started rethinking things and how I've been breaking the cycle of, of a drug addict of someone's drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't been looking at it like that. And so he had been looking at it wrong and he apologized for that. Um, but that said, 10 years, 20 years, I don't care. I'm going to fight for my chance to live longer. It's why I came out to Michigan. They have a better healthcare system. Mm-hmm. And where you came. Hmm? Better, a better system than where you were before? Yeah. And I'm going to fight to get more than 10 years. And I'm going to fight to make something of my business, Flowers Life Artworks. Because it's better than where I came from. Uh, you know, it's better than the life I left behind, so it's worth fighting for. Yeah, it's hard when you have like medical issues. I mean, I I actually am a, a cancer survivor. In my twenties, I had like a level three sarcoma, and I was able to to fight it, and I'm still here in remission since I was 27. But 
it's like, you know, I can understand like people didn't give me a long time and actually out, out live what they thought <laughs> was going to happen. Yeah. So we'd like, like, I think it's like, if you feel like you have something to do, you can kind of will yourself into it. Um, That's what I plan to do. Yeah. So I, I totally get what you're doing. Cause like, I kind of, I'm kind of showing that you can't. <laughs> Like everybody's like, got a different situation, but like, you know, you, a lot of, a lot of things, like if you think positive and you put positive energy, you can do things that you wouldn't expect you can do. Um, you never know, but you just, you, yeah. put, you try to live your life and do do work out your dreams and do everything that you want to do. Uh, I think is, is a good way to live, you know, because some people can have a whole life and then maybe they, they waste the time, but if you can be focused and know, you know, that you, know, you never know when you're going to be gone, you know. Exactly. So, you, like, every day that you're here, you, you can take that. That's a good, that's a good day, and I can do something. Um, mm-hmm. So I just want more than 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, to have an expiration, that, that's not cool. I mean, I, I was told that kind of a, a similar kind of expiration date, but I was able to, you know, kind of, make the doctor kind of say, well, I guess you weren't right about that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just a matter of, like you change what you do. You know, I changed how I, you know, a, what I did, uh, you know, in my personal mm-hmm. life. And I was able to kind of do some, some cool stuff with the medical field. They were able to do some things for me and, you know, you never know what happens, mm-hmm. but um, you just, you just take it every day as it comes and you just fight. So I totally believe in fighting for, you know, everybody's got to fight for their life in some way. Yep. So fighting for, my fight. yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm rooting for you. I, I totally believe that the people can, can do more, you know, and, and, you know, people can give you a limitation and then you try to exceed it. That's content. It tends to be what artists do anyway. <laughs> yeah. So fighting for control. Um, what, what the unfinished talk? piece? Yeah. What were you trying to do there? Uh, so that one was originally for a... Um, that was supposed to be for a competition. Uh, competition passed. So now it's just going to get finished regardless. Uh, oh, well. I'm fine with that. Um, that is supposed. To, that is actually exposing me to the fullest. Um, the lights in the background that you see and the streaks. Yeah. Uh, that's my aura I get right before a seizure. Oh. Um, and then on top of that, you see the woman holding her head. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I do when I get confused about what I'm forgetting like if I forget a word or a memory or if I'm getting frustrated because I can't find the right words to speak because seizures cause brain damage mm-hmm. and the brain damage um, has left issues with my memory and my ability to speak and then after she's finished being painted 
I'm going to be putting forearm crutches right behind her because it can also cause mobility damage and walking damage. And I have that as well. I have weakness in my lower extremities. And the theme of this um, uh, contest was disability in 2030 and what it would look like to Mm -hmm. you. And I decided that I would paint it as me since that would be emotional for me. And for me, it wouldn't change. In 2030, my disability would still be the same. Because the damage is irreversible. Yeah, so, yeah. We don't know if I would be alive or not. So, I wanted to paint and be vulnerable. Well, I think your work is really good at displaying, you know, the emotional um, feelings that you have, and you you convey it in your work, and you kind of, you can feel it. So I think that you are hitting the mark with that, and uh, and I've been uh, very impressed with everything I've seen, what you're doing, and I hope hope we can push this out to a bigger audience um, to help you, you know, you know, get get your themes across and get your work noticed you know that's what i try to do with every artist i talk to and um i think it's been really great talking to you on this program we you know we are going to be pushing the blogger page that we built for this um in this podcast uh the the podcast that we're doing right now is on 11 podcast platforms including Mm -hmm. spotify and apple radio public google many many more um, and so we're going to promote this on our channel, um, on Instagram, and we actually have a connection between Spotify and Instagram. So when we push up the Spotify version of the podcast, it'll actually highlight to a story on our Instagram, which you can then okay. share. And it, it allows you to click right to the podcast. And so it's a way for people to come right to the podcast. And you don't have to have a subscription to Spotify to listen to a Spotify podcast. Okay. So, so when we put that highlight up, we'll do a story. You can do a story on your Instagram as well. It's just a way to get people to, to listen to the podcast and actually, you know, not have to pay for anything to do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so that's a cool, cool feature that we have. And we, we're glad that you were on the program. We're, we're happy to have worked with you. Uh, to to do this, and uh, it was great to be on here. Well, we 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 wish you great success, and um, and hope that you can you can keep on doing the work that you want to do, um, because that's like Thank the dream. So the dream of every artist is to do what they want to do uh, creatively, and so we'd like to support that. Thank you so much. But thank you for being on the program, and uh, we we hope everybody will check out the hyperlinks. Will be on this podcast. They are clickable. So we will have your Etsy uh, shop as a clickable link. So people, we're going to encourage you to click on that all the way through and check out the work that you've been doing. Okay. Thank you so much for having me on here. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too. Bye.